as a collision service in heaven, that God is able to put you all the way back together again. Midas ain't got, Mako ain't got nothing on the potter. So some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, Mako. Y'all don't remember the old Mako commercials. Um, but yeah, God has, um, our lives, how many of you ever been in a spiritual collision? Oh man. But how many of you know God does body work? Amen. Amen. Good body work. And he has a good way of making, it's, it always bewilders me uh, when cars in a mangled accident, it's everything short of totaled. And you take it to the body shop and they're almost, they, I mean, they can make that thing look like nothing happened to it at all. And ain't it good that God is better than that body service shop? That he can allow you to go through something, you can go through some collisions, but he can make your life look like nothing ever happened to you. Oh, you missed your praise moment right there. I'm glad about it myself that my God is able to do so many things in my life. And um, man, it's interesting. Some of y'all don't look like what you went through. What if, God, what if God lets you look like everything you went through? Some of y'all say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. And it's beautiful that God has such a good soul and life decorating service that he's able to reupholster every single area of our life and put us back together again. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm excited about a few things. I'm excited about, um, I'm excited about uh, this Wednesday because I'm, Glad we're going, we're going to be spending some more time and spend time with God. That everybody has been showing up. Um, we've been on lockdown. It's been a lot of people here on Wednesday nights, and so it's been great on our weeks off from life groups when we um, take our time and go through this. I really want to talk about renewing your mind through your devotional life. One of the things that I really want to see believers do is have their mind renewed, uh, mind renewed so that you can look at everything through a biblical, biblical, biblical grid. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to dig in. We're starting a new series today called Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Let's turn over to Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21. Great Expectations, Breaking the Faith Barrier. Breaking the Faith Barrier. Let's Let's We'll read thusly, one, two, three, go. Amen. Amen. I'd like to talk about in our first installment of our series, Great Expectations, Breaking the Faith Barrier. I'd like to talk about today the God of the upgrade. The God. I wish I was at a Pentecostal church. Somebody would have ran. Somebody ran already. They, they, they wouldn't even need to hear the sermon. They just need to hear. Amen. There you go, Doc. They, they didn't need to hear nothing. They, they'd have just been excited that God. How many of you know God is a God of upgrades? Oh, uh, anyway, y'all didn't experience nothing yet. It's okay. Keep on living. Keep on living. Father, we thank you and honor you for the opportunity to experience the one who upgrades. And Lord, I'm thankful and honored to be the recipient of many of those. And so God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless this series. Give us a deep sense of expectation from you and commitment to 
be bold in how we deal with you and how we draw near to you and believing that you're able to do anything in our life. Uh, and I'm excited about this. So, Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. 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 The God of the upgrade. How many of you need God to upgrade some things in your life? Amen. 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 Um, we come here and I, I just want to break the ice. It's okay to believe God for big things. Oh man, y'all slow to act. Y'all slow to act. Know what I need? Know what I need before we get started? Because the first and third service does this a lot. Can somebody sit like right here so I can have some people to preach to? Just some of y'all just clack out, boom, just shift. I need some some people to preach. Thank you. Thank you, Baileys. Come on. Thank you, brother. Thank you, visitation, brother. Thank you, brother. Give me some high five love. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Look, look, brother. I like that. I see you, brother. I see you, brother. Amen. Amen. We, we're excited. So I, I think that we need to a refresher course as believers, because sometimes I think when you are in a quote unquote sound doctrine church, there can be this sense that believing God for big things is spiritually unsound and reckless. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have, we don't, we, we're trying not to have that disease here. There's a disease in churches that do expositional teaching and sound historical Christian faith doctrine that to believe God by faith, it's almost like this thing, don't, don't believe God for stuff lest he disappoint you. Oh, help me today. And, and then there's almost this like, don't like, like just live a safe sort of Christian life where God answers incremental prayers, and, it, and you can see yourself, you know, growing. And, and, and again, I know that, that, that being in a relationship with God is obedience in a long direction. I know that it means to be apprenticed to the Lord Jesus Christ for a lifetime. But every now and then, I need to feel reckless in the Lord. Every, every now and then, I, I get to a place where I feel locked down from the floor down, and, 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 and I'm saying, and, 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 it's, and it's things in my heart, if I can be honest with you today, that I believe is the will of God that I just want him to do. Yes. And, and, and I'm like, God, I'm going to go crazy if you don't give me a breakthrough. Yes. I, I mean, God, I, I'm not saying I'm going to leave the faith. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not going to walk with you no more. It's just, God, the enemy can't have everything. Yes. Um, Help me today. Uh, the, the lost can't have all the earth. I mean, they, uh, can, can we have just a little slice of things to get some things done for your glory with? See, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not merely asking for stuff just so I can have and so I can floss and so I can blow up and so I can sand roth. I'm, I'm, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. God, I want to be able to see my God do some mighty things in the land of the living. And so when we talk about upgrade, I looked in the dictionary, and upgrade means to raise something to a higher standard and to improve it and replacing stuff in it that doesn't maximize its ability. Help me today. I, 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 I need God to move in my life in a way 
when he removes the components that don't help me to maximize my potential for his glory. See, when I've been through 2 Corinthians and we worked through some hard stuff, now it's time to have some fun. Oh, y'all not going to have, see, when I work through some hard stuff, now, now it's time to say, okay, God, now that we dealt with some sanctification issues, now that we dealt with some challenges issues, now, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about something, but God, I want to see you do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. And so, I, I, what makes this text so powerful? This is what makes this text to me so powerful that Paul is writing. Paul is is a writing from the Santorian, uh, Santorini, Greece uh, islands uh, on uh, Parissa Beach. Uh, and he's not on the western shore of the Red Sea on the southern port of the Marsa Alam in Egypt. Though those are nice ivory tower, beautiful places with black beaches and sand. He, it, it would be interesting that he would write a prayer of expectation from a place where he's exceeded and experienced expectations being exceeded. Paul isn't writing from South Beach. Come on, come on, make it plain, Paul, Paul is not writing from Martha's Vineyard. Help me today. Paul isn't writing from the south of France, sipping Bahama Mamas and looking at the sunset. Help me today. And he's not in Maui, Hawaii, drinking Mai Tais and enjoying the wind. No, 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 no. Paul is in a Roman prison in Caesarea. Now, now, now if, you, if any place on earth that you have the right to not believe God from, to have room for lament and complaint, is to be locked up. Now, to add insult to injury, family, not only is he locked up, he's not even guilty of what he got locked up for. Now, see, I know in our justice environment that we have today, we would have wanted everybody to picket the, 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 the walls and, 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 and get all types of things done. But it's interesting. Nobody was picketing for Paul. Help me today. <laughs> when, when nobody's picketing for you, sometimes your way of picketing is letting your mind get above your circumstances. <laughs> Help me today. Help me today. Uh, 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 and, so, and so Paul in chapter 1 of Ephesians, he does something powerful. He walks through uh, the fact that God is triune. God saves, God chooses, son saves, the spirit seals. In chapter 2, he goes to how we're saved. But in chapter 3, he does something powerful. He begins to talk about the nature of the church. And as he's talked about the beauty and glory and nature of God's church as he's gone through this, he's, he's going from education now in chapter 1 through 3 to application. He's going from chapter 1 to chapter 3 from doctrine to duty in chapters 4 through 6. He's going from orthodoxy to orthopraxy, but sandwiched in between the two is some excitement. In other words, when, when, when theology from the Bible should make you not depressed, but excited. And so Paul, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, I believe textually, parenthetically pauses for a doxology. Oh, my God. And, and, and he parenthetically pauses for a praise break. Because whenever God gives you truth about himself, it should be something that every now and then you get excited about. I don't care how you're wired. I don't care how you're raised. I don't care what side of the railroad tracks you were raised under. But when it comes to the experience of knowing who God is and where he brought you from and where he can take you, every now and then your soul should get excited. And so Paul comes here and he begins talking about the God 
of the upgrade, which brings me to my first of several points. If you're going to experience and recognize that God is the God of upgrade, number one, you must recognize that God upgrades our view of him. <laughs> See, in order to recognize he's God, he's upgrading our view of God. You, you got to upgrade your view of God. Look what he says here. Now unto him. You should have shouted right there. You, you, miss, you, miss, you miss your enjoyable moment. Because, because this reality of is saying now unto him, in order for you to understand Paul's praise break, some of y'all might have to know who him is. Okay. You know, for, for, for him, Karl Barth's holy other who breaks out perendicably above all things. Him, Paul Tillich's ultimate reality. Him, James Cone's God of the oppressed. Him, Dwight Hopkins, God who theologically shapes the shoes that our cultural mind fits in. Him, origin's unmoved mover. Him, the philosopher's uncaused cause. Him, the slaves, the slave God's deliverer out of their slavery. Well, maybe you didn't get that. Well, maybe you'll get this Elohim, El Shaddai, El Elyon, El Elam, Yahweh, Yahweh Shalom, Yahweh uh, Sikhanu, Yahweh Makedon. This is him. I'm so glad that we have a God who is the God who you can just give a pronoun of who he is, but if you know who he is, it's packed with everything in whom he is so that you're able to get excited about that all that he is. Now unto him, now unto him who stepped out on nothing and called into nothing and something had to obey. Uh, uh, now unto him who brought Israel out of the slavery of their bondage. Now unto him who decreed your salvation. Now unto him who brought Jesus Christ and brought him to live the life that we can never live. Die the death that we can never die and get up on the third day and be raised from the grave. Now unto him. Maybe that don't get you. Mind regulator, heart fixer, lawyer in a courtroom, doctor. In the hospital, him. Some of you need every now and then to put your mind on him. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, when you're not at peace, is his mind he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. There it is. I, 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 love, I love this God who you can just say him to a believer and they'll get them a good old shouting moment because they recognize and understand who him is. Him, 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 now unto him. But then Paul, he's shouting so hard, he had to stop at him and come. He said, I got to come back. And he came back to the pen and he wrought who was able. Then he stood back and took another praise break. I believe that Paul is pausing every time he says a component of who God is. He said, now unto him, he said, oh, I got to shout right there. Then he goes back down and he writes a little bit again, who is able? I like this. Now, the understanding and recognition of the beautiful might of God who is able, the word able here is the word for power. It's a statement of his omniscience or omnipotence, rather. His power over everything. I don't know about you, family God, but sometimes I forget that God is all-powerful. You know, sometimes 
when I'm in a situation that I'm frustrated with, I begin to think more about what's happening to me than who's above me. And so what, what begins happening is I think that what's happening to me and what's going on in my mind is the power structure in my life. And see, you, you have to be careful. You have to be careful of letting where you are and what you're going through dictate who has power. <clears throat> Just because some stuff is happening to you doesn't mean it has ultimate voice in you. <laughs> that, that, that's what I love about the living God is that he is all powerful. He's so powerful. Let me explain something to you. God is so powerful that even in the way that he's made the natural arrangement, if certain things in the natural arrangement go out of order, there are a whole bunch of things that will go out of order. You're looking at me funny, so let me just give you something to help you out to understand. If oxygen stopped for five seconds, just if God allow oxygen to cease to exist for just, we're not talking about five minutes, we're not talking about five hours, five seconds, this is what would happen. Everyone on the beach would get sunburned. Daytime will automatically turn to nighttime. All pieces of unrelated metal would instantly spot weld together to one another. Uh, uh, the earth's crust would crumble immediately. Your inner ear would explode. Everything that's made out of cement, because cement has to be oxidated together in order to, if the, if the oxygen sees every building in every major city that is made out of the handmade works of God would crumble to the ground. In other words, God is so powerful that he can create something that is so minuscule and small and, and, and we ignore and don't acknowledge as much. As a matter of fact, if oxygen ceased to exist for five seconds, all of the waters in the world would evaporate, grain mass, and go up into outer space. All because if God had anything in our life where he just spoke a word and say, not be in existence... It would destroy the fabric of all things. That's how powerful your God is. Your God is so powerful that he holds everything together by something, listen, that seems so minuscule on the periodic table that we take for granted. But if it went out of existence, everything would discombobulate. God is powerful to hold everything together in your life. I don't know about you, but I've been through some stuff where God has held me together. When, when, when everything in my life should have went into outer space, when everything in my life should have went out of existence, when everything in my life should have crumbled, I had a God who was in heaven that was working everything out for my good. <laughs> yeah, he... Now one to him... Now unto him who is constantly. It doesn't stop. Oh, God, I wish I had time. It's just too much in the text. It, it, now unto him who is. That means that there is no space where he's not powerful. I'm excited today. I'm sorry, y'all. 
because I needed to hear this. This for me. So if you there, you, uh, there is no space in time, no matter what I'm going through and how I'm feeling, where God ceases to have power. <laughs> in, other, in other words, when you feel powerless, don't, don't let yourself fooled by the power you feel you have. Because what happens is, is we base the strength of our life. See, if you're a control freak, being a Christian is frustrating. <laughs> if, if you're a control freak, this whole thing's just not going to work out for you. <laughs> it's, it's just not. It's just because listen, I don't care how much money you ever get. Some of y'all think when I get, when I get, when I get, listen, God is going to sovereignly assign a way for you to feel powerless. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Some of y'all broke with no joke. And you think if the season changes, you'll change. But where you are when you have nothing is the same place your soul will be when you have everything. <laughs> it's just how it works. So listen, 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 listen. Get used to being powerless. But listen, listen. Don't get it twisted. Being powerless is the best place to be. Oh, help me, God, today. Because listen, being powerless doesn't mean you don't have access to power. Oh, help me today. Don't listen, listen, listen. Don't get it twisted. The more powerless you feel, the more powerful God becomes in your life. Listen, listen, listen. Because all your energy shifts from you to him. <laughs> see, 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 when you when you when you when you in your when you in your bag, you understand what I'm saying? You got your tailor-made suit or suitette on. You understand what I'm saying? You got your red bottoms or your flyness on it. You got your best haircut, your best weave, your best natural, whatever way you go. <laughs> you you got you get you got you got an ostrich skin uh, 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 briefcase. You understand what I'm saying? You got your honey-coated contacts on or your nice glasses. Whichever way you go. And everybody's at your beck and call. And you have people that open doors for you and you get to slide in the car. And you get to do all kinds of things and go, don't you let earth fool you. <laughs> don't you let provision fool you because God could snap his finger and everything could go away in a moment. <laughs> and so, and so, so you, you, better, you better recognize in your life that, listen, it's okay to feel powerless. It's not okay to know, not know that you have access to all power. That's why Paul, see, Paul's feeling it. He's feeling it right now because he feels powerless in this prison. He's under chains. And so, God took everything away from him to intensify mm, his need to know that God is powerful. This had to be written in the most broken. Let me say, your best life narratives are written in the places you feel most abandoned. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Some of the best soul music was written after a breakup. 
Them jams we like at the barbecue and the cookout, most of them were in the crucible of human life. Help me today. And, it's, it's, and so as we look at this reality of God's power, what is all of that for based on the text? I'm glad you asked. It's right here. If you go from us upgrading our view of God, next we have to upgrade our prayer capacity. There it is. There you got to upgrade your prayer capacity. This is very, 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 very important. Upgrading our prayer capacity. Uh, I like the way he says it right here. He says, to do abundantly. Know what I like here? Now unto him who is able to do abundantly. I love this because this is exegetical show-off language. This is language that the Bible uses. In other words, it can be translated to super provide. In other words, God's power is able to provide in a massive amount of way in our life. But what I like about it is not that it's just that he super provides a lot of things. The text says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you not can ask or may the text doesn't say that the text says above what you ask or think in other words what you actually ask not what you just want to ask so what he says is he, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all you actually ask and actually think in other words, God in his power is ready when you ask him for something that is in his will and you dream the biggest gospel dream you can dream. God can take it another level above the upper echelons of your best blank check thought. In whatever area of your life where you think, I know God can do this, I don't know if he can do it. God says, I'll raise you. I'll go, listen, I'll, listen, think the biggest thought of desire that you have, and I'll upgrade it. Okay, I'm going to see if I can make it plain, because y'all looking at me like y'all ain't never been nowhere. It's okay. I remember when Epiphany was meeting in the basement. And one day, me and my wife, this is where we have nothing. But we walking up to the building, <clears throat> and my wife said, she looked at the building, she said, babe, I said, yeah. She said, God's going to give us this. I was like, man, I'm just trying to teach the Bible study right now. <laughs> like, all this, like, I ain't there, like, can you just, can we just have Bible study? We got like 20 people in here, can we just yak out, go, right? She says, God's going to give us this. She put her hand on the building and just rubbed it. And I was like, whatever. I said, this isn't a plan. <laughs> Buying a building isn't a plan like five to ten years in. <clears throat> One year later, the building comes available. 
Six months later, we owned the building. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. Okay, y'all still looking at me funny. I was like, maybe five to ten years in, maybe we'll be able to plant a church. A church. Four years in, actually three, Doug Logan comes to Epiphany Fellowship. Now, he gets planted in the worst city in America. So we're like, man, cool. It'd be nice if one day they get a building. A year and a half into their plant, they own a warehouse 20,000 square feet. Maybe it'd be nice one day we plant some more churches. Here comes Watson Jones. Here comes Brandon Watts. And over and over and over again, all of these people come. It'll be nice. We ain't got no money to give them big time. All of a sudden, all of these organizations from around the country start partnering with them. And each one of the planters that planted out of here walked out with a minimum of 350 to half a million for the plant. Now, un... Damn, y'all still ain't get it yet because you don't know that God is able to do exceeding... Okay, that ain't get you. That ain't get you. So, <clears throat> Pastor Larry goes over and Sister Harriet makes a little trip over to Africa. You know, we're going to do a little partnership. Our little church, we can't do much, praise God. You know, go over there and teach them, right? Teach and release God's people to do their thing. They come back looking at us funny with tears in their eyes. I'm like, don't come over here like with nothing, right? I'm just looking like, y'all just going to missionary eyes, right? They said, they really need da 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 And I'm like, okay, take it. We said, all right, let's do it. $17,000 to build a high school. God provides it that year. Now, 150 kids are in that high school, and they have a waiting list. Now they have more buildings now. Then we like Pastor uh, Larry writes a little something for... You understand know what I'm saying? For, you know, the PTIM and the, the curriculum, boom. And we said, would it be nice if some guys come in? We thought it was going to be eight, then it became seven. Now it's 11 churches getting planted. And then some of those churches already are trying to plant other churches now. So y'all remember about Camden was our first church plant. It plants two churches. We are now a grandparent mother church. See, y'all... Y'all don't, y'all don't get it yet. Y'all, y'all don't get it yet. In other words, now under him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above. Listen, don't be afraid to ask God for everything. Oh, my God. You, 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 there's some stuff that you're scared of right now. Some of you all are terrified and petrified. Because you're afraid that God's going to leave you out there. I want to challenge you. Don't take a step of faith. That's not, that's not what you do. The Bible never teaches step out on faith. Because if you step out on your faith, you're believing your faith to get you somewhere. And your faith is only as powerful as the object that it's trusting in. So don't step out on faith. Step out on him. Y'all get that on the way home. 
<laughs> y'all, y'all get that on the way home. Step, step out on him. And listen, listen, I don't care if you've blown it in your life. God can restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. <laughs> see, that's, see, see God, God is able to take the person that's taken themselves way back. You made a whole bunch of mistakes. You don't believe you deserve any. Matter of fact, you haven't been even building a, a retirement. You, you know, your life is, you like, if I can just rent a place for a look. God, listen, God is able in the midst of your drug mistakes, your sexual mistakes, your pride mistakes, your greed mistakes, your bad business decisions, even in the midst of that, all of that stuff is a setup for God to override your decisions. You know what? God is such a clean restorer that he can make where he's taking you look like you've never been behind. I got to go. Last point. I'm done. Last point. Not only does he want to upgrade our view of him, upgrading our view of God, uh, upgrading our prayer capacity. Finally, he wants to upgrade our generational impact. He wants to upgrade our generational impact. Look what it says. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Yeah. God wants to do something interesting. Glory is God's Showing off the beauty of his attributes. Help me out. <laughs> In other words, God is already just, merciful, gracious, righteous, omniscient, omnipotent. But glory is that attribute that pushes the good lookingness of his attributes out there for you to notice how beautiful they are. <laughs> Um, uh, somebody, uh, one of my grandsons in the ministry, it's crazy to say that, grandson in the ministry, sent me uh, a, a beard kit, beard kit, it's, I, I like it, it's a nice little, little beard kit, it's a beard care kit, just got it yesterday, and I was like, okay, this is nice, I was like, wow, this is a little pricey, thank you though, this is nice, but when you put it on, you know, you, you can have a nice little fluffy beard. Nice, fluffy. You know, Philly, we do beards here. We're beard gang. We're the beard gang city. All right? And I said, so be- beards are our thing. But you, but you know you ever seen somebody got a thick beard, but you don't know if something living in it or not? <laughs> and so, you know, you, they comb it out, and some guys got a fluffy beard, but they get in the sun, and it, it's dry, like dry, right? <laughs> Or you just got a nice fluffy beard, but, but it's interesting to already have a nice beard, but something that you put on, they have stages to, that, you, that you do. You, you do your shampoo, you, you do your conditioner, thingamajiggles, you know. Then you got the cream, then you dry it. Then you put the little spray on it, and the spray 
is the, the sheen ministry that, that goes plat out of everybody. You know what I'm saying? It just gives you some, some shineage so, so that what's already there, it doesn't change what's there. It just makes sure that you see it. See, 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 God's glory in the church and in our lives and in Christ Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection is to let you know what's there. In other words, words, God's glory is the wax job of his attributes. In other words, God God wants the world to see him. The church from generation to generation is the means to shine God's glory to the world. But it starts with you knowing who him is. If you don't know who him is, they won't know who him is. But then it goes to not just shouting about who he is, but embracing it in a way where you say, I know who you are so much, I'm going to just start asking you for some big old stuff, but the stuff isn't just for me. The way I want to ask you for some stuff, God, is I want you to get something out of the deal. Let, come, come here, Moses. Moses, Moses, Moses. God said, come here, Moses. I'm going to wipe Israel out. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to start a new nation with you. And Moses was like, God, you do whatever you want to do because you're God. He says, but um, what would the nations think about your glory? Mm-hmm. Glory is signal language for answered prayer. And when God, through prayer with Moses, God utilized sovereignly what he wanted to do with Israel as a way to nurture that prayer as a way to continue to use a broken people so they can shine to the world. The role of your prayer life being upgraded is not just you getting something, but the role of your prayer life is God getting the honor, getting the glory, and getting the praise out of what you pray so that there is generational voices, generational impact, generational application, generational commitment to the glory of God. I, I, I'm done. But what if God blessed you with the business you were asking for? What would it look like for there to be generational impact of God showing off his glory through your business? Well, what what if your business was more than just you selling a product? What if the hedgehog, if you will, my business acumen people, what if your hedgehog principle was this, is that you want to provide jobs to broken people, utilize it as an opportunity to not just hire who's qualified, but build those who are unqualified so that they can be impacted and developed in order to be better and through your business. People hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, I'm going to give this much to the kingdom. I want to get these things. And what, see, God could, see, your business, if you just want to sell a product, don't start a business. Christians, we don't sell products. We glorify God. (laughs) As As you begin to think about everything in your life, if you think about, I want to have children, don't just think about, I want to have a child. Think about raising a godly seed. (laughs) don't just think about getting married think about being in a reflection of Christ's relationship with the church see God can answer that type of prayer when it comes to and you got to learn how to pray his glory 
Well, when you pray his glory back to him, listen, let me tell you something. He can't help but answer it because God responds to himself. Look, look, listen, I'm going to end on this. God never responds to you. Never. He never responds to just you. He always, 100% of the time, responds to himself. Because when himself is, if we just involve, we'll make a mess of it. Because God never blesses bad stewards. Your stewardship of your prayers being answered is only as well as your commitment to glorify God and what he gives you. (laughs) And so my prayer as we move into this series about great expectations, expect stuff out of God. Expect stuff out of God. Expect big things out of God. As a matter of fact, expect him to take it up a notch. And I want you to view him as the only serious source of resource in your life. In closing, I'm, I remember when you used to buy soda at the movie theater or in a restaurant, and they would come to you and, and bring you your soda. And, and uh, particularly if you wanted a mix, you'd be a little frustrated because the mix wasn't right. You know, if you tell them to mix me some fruit punches and Sprite, they, they don't balance the acidity with the sweetness of the fruit punch right. The liminess is off. So now they have this machine, this red machine you can walk up to. They give you the cup. And you get an endless amount of, they got Fanta, they got Mellow Yellow, they got Coke products, they got Power Water, Dasani, all kinds of flavors. And what blows my mind about this machine is that all of that's on the inside, but there's only one place for it to come from. And the only way to get what's in it out of it is to put in the order and get under the spout. Somebody gonna get on the way home. All I'm telling you to do today is go before God in prayer and put in your order. Type in whatever mix you want. It's all kinds of flavors in the glory of God. It's all kinds of sweetness in the glory of God. It's all kinds of enjoyment in the glory of God. How sweet is the name of Jesus. Sweeter than the honeycomb. Sweeter than the honey comb. So all I want you to do is push the button of prayer. Get your cup from God called prayer. Hold it up under the spout and press the button. And out comes the sweetness of what you asked for. All kinds of mixes. All kinds of enjoyment. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
I'm gone. I'll save it for later. Father, we thank you. We honor you and thank you that we get the biggest joy. We get the joy of asking. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, Oh, because of what you've done for us, Lord. Because of what you've done for us, we have access. Yes. 